0: Can take that help and actually turn it into something, uh, into a behavior change, that is something that's going to make you more successful.
1: Hello, and a big welcome to Hot Sauce, where we'll cover the hottest topics within Sauce together with brilliant guests. Are you also curious about fast grown companies and the people behind them? Welcome aboard. My name is Max Nyman, I'm the CEO of LimeGo, and this is an interactive podcast where you can give suggestions on upcoming guests and topics. You can also jump into discussions with other listeners by leaving comments or upvoting their suggestions. I'm determined to become one of the greatest within B2B Sauce, which is why I invite thought leaders and pick their brains about how to scale their companies. However, there are so many fast-growing companies out there, and new ones appearing all the time. I only know a fraction, and that's why I want to give you the opportunity to have an impact on the episodes and its content. Hit the link in the episode to interact and affect. Enough already, let's get to it all right warm welcome Ethan rosenfeld how you doing
0: great man how are you max
1: awesome i'm uh, i'm good i'm excited about this uh 45 minutes coming up
0: me too it's been a while
1: yeah it has it has we met that uh saster london
0: saster london you were wearing yeah. an orange suit and i said how could i miss this guy
1: <laughs> yeah and uh that's why we ended up here so obviously it, it worked somehow it did yeah Cool. And uh, just give me some background. What what, uh, what role are you in? What company do you work for? And uh, like, approximately how big are you?
0: Sure. So I uh, I'm the founding accounts executive at a uh, sales intelligence company called Novacy. So uh, what we do is we monitor people inside of calls. We understand what they're saying and everything besides what they're saying, their body language. So we're actually monitoring their Responses, their micro expressions, how are they responding and reacting to things, and we uh, we really help revenue facing sellers and customer success understand really what's happening in the call itself. Uh, so that's we've been around for about a year now, uh, and um, it's it's going really really well. We've been able to help a lot of revenue facing teams uh, close some really really interesting deals and, and much more than that. So excited to be a part of it wow
1: cool are you analyzing me at the moment
0: uh right now i'm <laughs> i'm having mercy on you and uh, we are not analyzing you right now if we did it would light up in green because of oh. your, you know your swedish smile as it were
1: exactly yeah <laughs> nice that, but that's uh, that's really cool and you said only one year in
0: yeah so we're we uh, we launched about a year ago before that we were uh, we were going through the uh the build-up period the uh, the r&d period uh, we had a proof of concept, uh, proof of product concept about a year ago, which is when we launched. And uh, it's been, you know, it's, it's been heavy riding since.
1: Yeah. Uh, really exciting uh, stuff. And in terms of the, the size of the team or maybe like approximate numbers, ARR or, or number of customers, uh, just to set the scene a bit.
0: So we've got uh, 55, right, 55 paying customers, which uh, have all been in the last really six to eight months since we really launched our our full-scale product. Wow. Wow. ARR is uh, you know do the math. It's it's a, it's a roughly between eighty to one hundred dollars per per seat, depending on various features. So uh, times uh, fifty five uh, customer teams. Uh, so uh, we're we're doing very well for our first year. Yeah. Um, we're a small company right now. We uh, we started with just a founding team of uh, three people. That's my uh, CEO, our CTO, and our CPO. Uh, and right now we're at about fifteen employees both on this, the uh, the business side and the engineering R&D side. And, and we've got some uh, outsourcing uh, capabilities as well that we uh, sort of add to our, our big family here. Mm-hmm.
1: Cool. And uh, if a company goes uh, thinking that, hmm, we need some sort of tool to, to do better online meetings and, and uh, the analytics and stuff, uh, what's your, your ICP? Where's the sweet spot?
0: So, you know, we're we're... We're pretty much the everyman. We're for every team, really, from the from enterprise uh, from enterprise teams that are dealing with you know very very large, very complex sales processes, down to uh, you know solar entrepreneurs and SMB teams who are yeah. just who have shorter sales cycles. Uh, we're, we're very B two B focused. Most of our clients right now are coming from. Uh, some of the other conversational intelligence tools who want a little bit more, uh, a little bit more uh, data, a little bit more uh, coaching, a little bit more for what they're getting right now, uh, in some of the older companies that they're with, uh, and uh, so most of our most of our clients right now are are, are small mid market, but we've got some clients in the, the large mid market, small enterprise, and uh, definitely got our our our, uh, our startup teams and our SMB teams. But uh, mainly uh, revenue revenue facing teams, customer success teams, obviously inside sales teams. That's where we uh, that's where we shine.
1: Yeah. And would you say that it's a, it's an easy product to pitch and sell? Can you give me some some info about the maybe sales cycle, the average deal size, how complex is it for a customer to to understand it and implement it?
0: Yeah. So it's we wanted to make it as easy as possible. I think one of the big challenges right now is uh, is we, we there, there seems to be a, a lag uh, in sales teams meeting customers where they are in the buying process, and that's something that we really wanted to change: was meeting the customers where they're at. So most uh, most people who who come to us already have an idea of what what we call uh, what what we call emotional uh, conversational emotional intelligence does. Right? You've heard of all these other companies out there that are recording calls and analyzing the transcripts. We go a step further, but Most companies and most salespeople and revenue facing people know already that calls are being recorded and you can use these calls to coach and and kind of the interface of what that looks like. And so now we're just going the extra step. So it's actually very, very easy to describe the context uh, and what we do and the problems that we're trying to solve. Uh, And when people hear that we're, uh, you know, that we're monitoring body language, especially I see there's a lot of conferences. They ask, you know, what do you do? I remember I was at a conference. I was at Saster a couple of weeks ago, and almost every time San Francisco. What are you guys in San Francisco, yeah, nice. They said, uh, "So, what do you guys do?" So, well, we monitor body language in calls, and they go, "Whoa!" Uh, and yep. uh, so, it's <laughs> uh, like a very quick. Uh, it's like a quick raise, you know. It's a yeah. sort of a pattern interrupt. So, uh, sales cycle is um, is usually very simple. It's an easy, you know, it's easy to understand. It's easy to implement, and uh, and it makes it, uh, you know, we want to make it as easy as possible to to become. To, to be part of the, the process,
1: mm. and uh, of course, as you say, I, I'm thinking on my own body language at the moment, and like eye contact and everything. Uh, can you give uh, some information about uh, the best practice or or the insights, the the data that you've collected so far?
0: Sure. So a lot of the data is actually um, is actually comes in the form of, of responsa to different components. So we're really focused right now in in the, the sales process, especially the discovery and the demo stages. Mm. So we're able to look at actually, how do you, how does, how is rapport being built? How is discovery and, uh, being run? And then how is the demo being, being run by the salesperson in relation to that discovery process that they just went through. And some of the best practices we found actually just correlate a lot to very, very, uh, intense listening skills, Right, and it could be, and a lot of it is just don't overcomplicate it. So, if you, what what we've, I think a lot of what we've heard in the last few months, and certainly I as a salesperson, the last few months is active listening is a lot more important than I think people give credit for. We come into calls so many times with with uh, ideas of what we should say and what we should ask, but sometimes it's just easier just to focus on the other person. And the data actually corresponds to that. If I ask you, like Max, like. What, what prompted you to take this call? Like, what, what, like, why are you here? Uh, and I listened for that. And then I just ask questions based on what you say in response to that, your body language either could, could sometimes feel really, really, that you're really, that you're, you know, well heard, right. Mm -hmm. come in in a number of different ways in your facial expressions. But if we just actively listen, uh, and the, uh, and our our prospect knows that they're being listened to and that uh, as a seller, we're diagnosing them well. And we're helping them down this funnel of, of problems that they might be facing, then they're going to feel more comfortable with us, and that body language is going to show. A couple of other uh, data points that we've uh, we've looked at is that we should never monologue for more than ninety seconds. So mm-hmm. if we're on a demo, there should never be more than ninety seconds where we're going without having some kind of interaction. So you know, if I'm if I'm addressing something in the demo that's correlating to something that we found. With you, Max, and discovery, then I'm going to stop and say, "How does this relate to what you're doing now?" Somehow, I'm going to get you engaged somehow, and that's going to uh, pick you up. After 90 seconds, we see a big correlation in disengagement. So, you know, you might mm. go shopping on Amazon, or you yeah. might you know, be really disengaged, and uh, and so that's um, that's a big component of what we're finding. Well, is how 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 much time do we have to really to really give information over and turn that into knowledge? Mm
1: wow that's uh, yeah that's interesting and i think a lot of people listening can can uh, recognize the feeling of that ah you lost me and then you put up a new tab and you start searching or whatever <laughs> uh, but uh, more about uh, you and uh, like how you ended up um, where you are and within sales and within sauce uh, what's your story and, and why are you doing the thing that you're doing
0: Oh, so that's that's a longer story. I'll try to keep it under 90 seconds so yeah, I don't bore you. Yeah, do but, it. Uh, Otherwise,
1: it'll go on to Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: so I actually started my career in the theater uh, mm. as an actor. I was a, mm. as a, as a young child actor in the United wow. States. I was born in, uh, in the US, uh, went to drama school in the UK, and um, and then I moved to Israel after drama school, uh, doing a lot with uh, the military and with uh, with some educational, uh, educational roles here in Israel. Yeah. And... Um, Eventually uh COVID hit and I I realized I really needed to uh you know, I was in my twenties and I I needed to find a new a new path forward for for me and my family because uh, you know, traveling had kind of come to a halt and wasn't good, we weren't, you know, I was tour guiding here and and so I'd always been like a seller of ideas and and of stories. So uh I found my way into uh into the tech world at a company called Peerspot. I was there for uh, a little under two years. Uh and then um had a really amazing time there and then i was uh, actually recruited uh to be the founding account executive here this new team was being built uh, and I, I jumped at the chance and uh, it's it's definitely paid off so that's yeah. uh, how we ended up where we are now
1: awesome never looked back back since
0: <laughs> and i and i think i did that in 90 seconds which is pretty good
1: yeah definitely yeah i must say good uh, good job being the the founding account executive uh can you elaborate on that role? Is it uh, only you or are you more people in the team doing sales or how does it work?
0: So um, so founding executive is a really interesting role to be in. I see it more and more across the SaaS world in the last, uh, probably the last 18 months. And uh, it's in the beginning, it was just me and my CEO. We were the ones selling. We had a, you know, we had a customer success manager, which we still have. Uh, and and it was really us developing a process, a sales process. And how does that look? And making a lot of uh, fun mistakes along the way and figuring out the way forward, uh, until we found what, what seemed to be working. Uh, and then as we got into what seemed to be working, we started adding to the team, starting in, uh, really an outsourcing mm-hmm. uh, outsourcing uh, you know SDR teams and and that was been you know uh, go to market teams and that was really how we started but right now in house i am the only account executive uh, the only full-time salesperson in the company we have some support obviously my ceo still sells we're under a million dollars arr so uh, it's yeah. important that i think uh, until then at least that the sale that the ceo is very much involved in the sales process um and uh, and is selling himself as well Which yeah. she does and uh and so that's um i think a founding account executive sort of has to wear a lot of different hats right they've They've got to sort of build the operations. They've got to build the enablement, and they've got to build the process yeah. while selling at the same time. So uh, you get to be very creative, hands on.
1: Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. There's uh, a lot of different processes and checklists and playbooks to to set up, follow, and uh, and to uh, work on.
0: <laughs> That's right.
1: Yeah, uh, I forgot to ask. Uh, which markets do you mainly focus on? Is it uh, Israel or U.S. or?
0: So we have a lot of great clients in Israel, but our main focus really is the North American market, the United States, and also yeah. Great Britain, uh, English-speaking countries. But we also have clients in Europe as well, yep. uh, France and, uh, and, uh, and, and Dach, which, uh, which is really great
1: nice can you tell me a bit about your holy grail uh, kpis what what uh, metrics uh, are you focusing on the most uh you as a team and maybe you in in your role as well and and uh, like supporting the ceo with sales
0: i think our holy grail is just is just gaining new customers right gaining just that i mean that at the end of the day is what we're what we're all striving for is new customers brings new revenue, which bring which allows us the ability to have more choice, and and bring more growth, and add more people to the team, and, and just evangelize more about elevating sales as a profession. Right, that's right. ultimately what we're about. We want to all we want to elevate sales. How do we make ourselves better salespeople? How do we how do we serve the, the, our customers and our clients and our prospects better? And to do that, we need more clients. And so, my number one goal, our number one goal, is is from a sales standpoint, is just to uh, is to is to uh, is to onboard as many new clients that are right for us as possible that have the uh, that that wants to actually put in some of the effort to make their sales teams better, yeah. uh, and then at the same time. Uh, from an r&d and, and tech perspective is 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 supporting them with as much uh with as much support and product as we can that will allow them to do to make their sales teams and make their sales processes better uh in the most uh efficient timely way possible yeah. uh from an r&d perspective but definitely just gaining new customers and supporting them that's our that's our number one kpi
1: yeah yeah, makes sense. And uh, it seems like you've been doing a lot of things right the last uh, year considering how many you've brought in.
0: <laughs> we uh we are certainly trying. You know, we've made our we've made <laughs> our, our uh, Edison mistakes, right? We found a lot of ways not to create a light bulb, but yeah. uh in the process we I hope we found some ways to actually create the light bulbs. So, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, clearly. Yeah. Being uh, in the role you are, uh, can you tell tell me a bit about uh, sales methodologies or processes or playbooks or checklists? Because I can imagine that you've like discovered a lot of things to do and a lot of things to maybe not repeat. Uh, what, what... How, do,
0: okay, so how, how do I piss off as many people as possible by answering this <laughs> question? Exactly. Yeah, uh, hit it. <laughs> so um i'm a big fan of uh, of a number of different sales methodologies uh i i've gone through myself i've gone through challenger sales sandler uh snap selling i mm. think all of these methodologies have a lot to bring to the table and there's a lot of crossover between a lot of these methodologies um and so we uh we support um a number of these we're we're good friends with challenger and sandler we've got partners at both of them mm. um and we're um as well as other, uh, other, there are other methodologies in play that we, uh, we love gap selling. I actually met Keenan from gap selling uh, the other week at a, at a conference. He blew my mind. Um, but, uh, you know, a lot of what we do is actually from best practices, uh, is actually take from a number of these different methodologies, and, and see what's working the best given, given the, given the sales process and giving the individual seller and what speaks most. And so what we actually have a part of our, of our product that is the AI sales coach, yeah. which allows us to really take, uh, look at a number of sales processes, opportunities and calls from a, uh, from a seller and then coach them based on a number of these, op- a number of these methodologies. Wow. Right. Nice. So we would look at that as like, you know, you have this introductory call. And if I was a coach that was familiar with Chandler or Sand- with Sandler and Challenger, how would I coach this person to maybe change some of their behaviors to actually be better at uh, at some of their skill gaps? That's so, nice. So uh, we uh, we we definitely are a big fan of methodologies, and, yeah. and also being human at the same time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I can imagine you you uh, get to teach a lot with that. Like having that as part of the product is also going to be creating a, a thought leadership in in the industry and like educating customers. Uh, because I think a lot of customers might just use one or be familiar with one, uh, but you maybe like open up the scope a bit.
0: Yeah, that's right. I think one of our one of our big uh, uh, missions uh, is to actually is to broaden the horizons of what works for different, different sellers, yeah. uh, given their own, you know, how they, how, how g- given their own personality and given their own sale, natural sales styles, Yeah. you know, um, and that's a big part of what we do is helping people gain new ideas, bring in from those methodologies, what works for them and maybe put aside what, uh, what's, what's not, uh, natural to them, or grow into some of those skills that may not be natural to them at the beginning, but will help them along the way as they grow into it. Uh, and I've certainly learned a lot about methodologies myself, having to you know teach it over. Um, I think that's one of my uh, my favorite parts is really learning the psychology of sales mm. and uh, and and how different prospects and how different clients might react to different components of the methodologies. Yeah. Um, and that's a, that's, that's a lot of fun to really, to really teach and write about and to interview, uh, interview people on my podcast. I love interviewing leaders of sales methodologies. So uh, we've learned a lot.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, that's cool. And uh, on the topic of um, uh, sales, what would you say are maybe the best advice that you've either heard, gotten, or uh, practiced that you've really felt are like working in, in the sales uh, environment?
0: Uh, pipeline cures all, I think is the advice that I've gotten over and over again. (laughs) It's one of the hardest things to do. Uh, It's one of the most simple pieces of advice that is probably one of the most challenging, but also the most correct. And however you gather that pipeline, however you fill that pipeline, there's no right or wrong way to do, to fill that pipeline, but mistakes are going to happen in, in every sales cycle. You're going to lose deals. You're going to miss opportunities that's just a part of sales. And the more volume that you have to, you know, to not be scared to make a mistake or and, and to be uh to to you know to you know to be ambitious and to try things out and to you know not be afraid of losing the sale, that comes with filling your pipeline. And yeah. so every uh, if you're you know, somebody I actually had a, a friend of mine on my podcast, he said, be be afraid of a light day. He said, if you're a salesperson, your schedule looks uh, look, like you don't have very many meetings for a couple of days, you should not be comfortable. Mm. And uh, that means that you need to uh, be doing the work now to get, those, to get your pipeline filled up. And we can talk so many ways about how to fill that pipeline. But that's the number one piece of advice I've gotten is just keep filling the pipeline no matter where you are.
1: Yeah, yeah that uh, makes a lot of sense because otherwise um, there's a risk for, for every sales rep to focus on the things that you can't control. And the fewer deals you have, the more, uh, like, collected eggs in in one basket, and that's a higher risk, and then you will be uh, maybe pushing the sale uh, harder than you, yeah, than you would have if you had, like, five hot deals at the same time.
0: Right. That's absolutely right.
1: Yeah. And uh, on the sales, uh, maybe hiring and onboarding, um, still you as the, like, founding account executive, but... Uh, consider that you, you've sold and, and uh, pitched this product and you're talking a lot about how what works and what doesn't. Uh, can you tell me a bit about um, if you are going to hire your first sales rep after you, what are you going to be looking for?
0: So the two things that I would be looking for uh, that are almost completely untrainable are grit you're obviously we, we face a lot of no and a lot of rejection yeah and uh and and I think how you're able to handle that rejection is a sign of your your grit and so if you have a lot of grit I think you could do very well because you don't let no phase you and mm. you keep going the number two thing is coachability so um th- there are many things that we uh, simply cannot teach but we can also teach a lot of things. We can teach sales methodologies, and we can teach, uh, we can teach product, and we can teach strategy. And uh, and but, but what the, 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 you, you've got to have a, a certain amount of uh, of coachability that exists within you uh, and conscientiousness to actually change some of your behaviors and be self introspective enough
1: mm-hmm. to realize
0: that what you're doing right now isn't working, and you need to ask for help. Um, in in order to get better. Mm -hmm. And if you can take that help and actually turn it into something, uh, into a behavior change, that is something that's going to make you more successful. uh, Learning from people that have have a little bit more experience and have done things before you. So those are the two things I would be actively looking for. Ahead of experience, ahead of everything else, those two things I think are the most important.
1: Yeah. Uh, Another thing that I've thought of on this topic, because like having grit of course you want to do with yourself and you have that drive and that hunger you want to like whatever it is but on the same time the coachability there's a thin line between i can do this myself (laughs) because i have the grit and the hunger and the drive between "Hmm, maybe i don't know how to do this i need help and it's time for me to raise my hand and ask a question Uh, how how do you see that uh, balance in maybe hiring a new rep and how do you find that uh, that optimal space
0: Uh, so I, I would draw a very, uh, thick distinction, uh, from, uh, with, uh, with, with grit and asking for help. Um, I think that asking for, so asking for help when you've exhausted your own ability to go in and and do your own research and you know that you have a resource that can help you, that makes you more, that, that, that makes you resourceful. Mm -hmm. Resourceful people are gritty, I think by nature. And, uh, and, and so, that's something that I would look for. In fact, I might test candidates by 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 giving them uh, instructions that maybe are not very that that they would actually need to seek help in order to to get. And I would say I'm going to make myself available. If you have any questions? Yeah. And if I don't get any questions from them, or I don't get any like response from them, and can you just help me with this? Or, like, can you clarify this for me? That's a big red flag for me yeah. because being because thinking you can do everything yourself is the surest pathway to losing deals and to failure and to letting things, things slip through. There is no uh, individual one-person sales team. Even as an individual founding account executive, I rely on my CS. Mm-hmm. I rely on my research and development team, on my AI team. I will go to all of them to get information I need. It's a team event, even if it's just me yeah. selling. In every sales team, there has got to be teamwork. And, uh, and you've got to rely on each other for help and for guidance. Uh, and and I'm, I'm looking for that. Now, I also, the, the line is, is there, are there things available that you can do that you don't have to ask for help for, information that's already available that you can figure out yourself quickly so that you're not interrupting uh, other people? But if it's information and, and something of resource that you need and, and you're looking for teamwork and help. You've got just as much as you're going after a prospect, you've got to go after the people on your team that can help you. It's the yeah. same as as selling. It's internal selling. it's what makes a salesperson.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that's actually a good point. like you you're hunting externally. Why should you not hunt internally as well for answers and right. help? Exactly. yeah yeah, that's a good input. And uh, moving on a bit to a uh, short segment, uh, which is called the quick ones. Uh, so ones. quick uh, questions and quick answers. Are you ready?
0: Let's do it. All right. Rapid fire.
1: <laughs> awesome. Uh, favorite uh, tool in your sales uh, tech stack? Novusy. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I'll allow it, but then you have to say a second one as well.
0: The second one would be uh, would be a, a toss-up between Ample Market, which is our outreach tool. Shout out to Ample Market okay. uh, and, uh, sales and uh, LinkedIn Sales Navigator.
1: Cool. And uh, if you want to get hyped uh, for a day or a presentation or a demo or something, which song do you put on?
0: Oh, wow. Um, so in Israel uh, and in, in Judaism, we have a uh, we have the we have a, a concept called the nigun. It's a tune without words. It's a melody without words. Okay. And it's meditation practice. And so I'll go on YouTube and I'll put on one of these Niguns. And uh, I'll just kind of meditate out to it, and it gets louder and louder, uh, and more intense and more intense. And by the end of that, you know, 10-minute Nigoon, I am ready for whatever is is, uh, is coming at
1: me. Wow, so it's like a 10-minute buildup.
0: It's 10-minute, yeah. It's a 10-minute buildup, and the, the, you know, the, there's the haka for you know the, the <laughs> New Zealand uh, football team has the haka. We have yeah. The, the
1: yeah. Wow, yeah. You have to, to send me to uh, send it to me afterwards. I can yeah, uh, I can do it. Get into it nice and uh, if you were to give one advice on uh, perhaps the best uh, career book or uh, i don't know movie or podcast that you really feel this made a huge difference
0: wow there you know that's a really hard question there are there are actually there are a lot i'm going to i'll give you you know i just read gap selling by keenan and mm-hmm. it's only because he signed the book for me uh, <laughs> again at the, at the conference but uh, that was uh, that was a fantastic read for me. There are there are so many out there, you know. Um, the the movie I, I watched uh, that movie Air about uh, with Matt Damon where he's uh, with Michael Jordan and he's he yeah, yeah. And yeah, I think I also, that I also saw uh, it recently. Yeah, that was a great movie in in sales and marketing. And yeah, that speech where he gives to Michael about his future and it cuts to all the scenes of his future. Yeah. I think that was a. Uh, the ability to the ability to basically tell a story of of why it's so important that they sign with him uh, that resonated with him and, and was about him show me you know me kind of way I think that was a, a great masterclass on selling yeah. and the office you say what you want about uh, say what you want about those guys in the office but they are not bad sellers yeah <laughs> uh, Michael is a Michael is a great seller he's just also a doofus at the same yeah thing.
1: yeah that's uh... Actually, a good point. If you are using ChatGPT for something, what's that?
0: So uh, I use ChatGPT for a number of things. Uh, It's it's actually a a great... It's it's changed the way that I work. It saved me an enormous amount of time. I primarily use it in research. Mm -hmm. Um, It allows me to understand a company and understand a a potential customer much faster. Um, And it allows me to go into a meeting with some hypothesis that may or may not be right, but ChatGPT will have helped me come to those. It could be hypotheses on, on, on that person's ICP on, on their sales process on maybe some of the business problems that I can help solve with Novacy and, and understand the impact that, that, that that has on that individual's kpis or their team's kpis it's not always 100% right but it does save a tremendous amount of time and it allows me a, a certain amount of familiarity coming into a first call that i think is uh, would have been a, it would have been a, a a much longer it would have taken a lot longer in the past before gpt to really uh, get get some of that information
1: yeah and i guess even if uh, the, the assumption is not correct it's better than nothing right
0: Right, exactly. Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, if uh, we were to ask your team, which uh, question uh, does uh, Aiden ask the most? <laughs> uh, what would they say?
0: Uh, what brings you to the call? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Very simple. Sometimes the simple ones are the easiest ones. Yeah. You can unpack less a more. lot with that. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Nice. Okay, that's uh, good. Well, let's end the the quick ones uh, segment there. I think you you managed uh, very well. So uh, let's uh, let's move on. And uh, I want to talk a bit about um, culture and uh, also on how to create a good culture. Uh, can you maybe? Uh, tell me a bit about your experiences uh, from the past and also what you're doing at the moment, maybe in your team or or in your work that you would say are, uh, yeah, th- these are good culture stuff.
0: Yeah, I'm going to start with a negative, uh, <laughs> which I think is a good place to start. So I uh, I have not had the best managers in the past. Uh, no. I, I, uh, I've had, unfortunately, throughout my career, a number of very poor managers, which has, uh, and I've seen that in the middle of it, which has allowed me to be, uh, to grow into what I would want, uh, how I would want to be as a, as a leader, as a manager, and yeah. what I seek out in management and leadership for myself, um, and um, and that has allowed me to do a lot of deep thinking on what actually helps me get up in the morning, and what a leader, how, how a leader helps his team, their team get up in the morning, um, and and the culture that we bring, and uh, you know, at, at Novacy, we're very very blessed to have a great. Team with great leadership. Uh, shout out to Or and Jeff uh, and uh, and Year and uh, and everybody else on the team. Franco yeah. uh, in the leadership roles and and what uh, I think they they uh, excel at is that they they make everything uh, every small win feel like it's important and celebrating those small wins along the way and and giving people credit. I think that that is a great way to make sure that everybody feels included in this growing, uh, in this, in this journey that we've got going on together, you know, where, you know, we're a small startup with with very big ambitions and big dreams and to know that every little win is a milestone to that great, you know, that great future and that, and making that dream come true and become a reality that's, uh, that's that's the other thing that I think is fantastic and something that I love is, uh, you know, coming from the United States, I think organizations are a little bit more uh, vertical than they are, especially here in Israel. Yeah. You know, I can call my CEO right now and say, insert whatever expletive you want. Yeah. You're wrong about that. <laughs> and the the response I'll get is expletive back. Why? Yeah. You know, if you do that in the United States, you might get fired. Yeah. So... Uh, you know, it's a very—it's very much an open culture. Uh, 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 you know, let let's give you my our open, honest feedback. Let's tell you where um, you, you're you're falling short. Let's coach you where you're falling short, uh, and let's also celebrate where you're succeeding. And and that together builds a a level of trust and a level of transparency mm. that I think I mean. And I hope it stays because you know I think the larger organizations get the harder it is to stay transparent. But um, but I, I, right now, that's a wonderful place to be and, and affects the culture deeply.
1: Mm. Yeah, and, and I think uh, maybe uh, Sweden and Israel are quite similar there because I think we have a similar mindset towards culture, at least uh, from, from, from my Lime perspective. Uh, but it's like a very flat organization compared to uh, what you hear in the more more corporate organizations and uh, uh, as you say, you have to go through the different ladders of approval to even talk to a person or whatever
0: right it creates a lot of bottlenecks that that don't need to be, and uh, it allows us to be very agile right yeah. if, I, if we can make a decision in five minutes that the whole team can agree on allows us to it allows us to be extremely agile in in changing directions, changing course and strategy, which is
1: wonderful. Mm. And uh, you, you talked a bit about bad leadership as well. Can you say one thing that you've experienced that's like, "Mm, I'm not going to implement that shit?"
0: So everybody has different workflow, everybody has different uh, strengths and weaknesses, and one of the things that I, I think always uh, always caused me a lot of distress and discomfort was micro being micromanaged on uh, on process and um, And I think that when you're when you're given a uh, when you're given a a task or when you're given a an outcome to to get to and somebody is micromanaging you on exactly how to get there, that that could be very painful Mm. because your inclination and your um your actually where where you'll feel you have the most agency for success in in, in succeeding in, in that outcome might be a totally different route and if you block somebody from being able to explore that route then you're blocking their ability to grow uh, in their career and and make decisions for themselves and create agency and take responsibility for themselves hmm. and you're I think that uh, especially in uh, a lot of sellers I think have a, a certain amount of ADHD uh, myself included yeah and 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 being told exactly what to do in order to reach an outcome can be debilitating uh, and uh, and that 's something that I think, as a leader, I would very much shy away from is that uh, i 'm here as a resource i 'm here to give advice i 'm here to give as much inspiration and, and, and tools as I can, and i 'll hold your hand for as much as I can, uh, but you have an outcome that I need you to uh, to create yeah. and and i 'm going to leave it up to you. I hired you I, uh, you know you 're on my team I trust you i 've got to build enough trust with you that I, I know that I give you that outcome, you're going to figure out a way to reach that outcome. If I can do that and if I can trust you to do that, I'm going to be better as a leader because I can focus on other things that I need to focus on and you're going to get better even if you make mistakes along the way. We'll correct them and coach them together and I'll be with you, but learn and grow and, yeah. and, uh, and, and, uh, and you'll be better for it.
1: I uh, actually agree a lot, obviously. And uh, one thing that we did during the spring to, because what you said is like, I think everybody hearing this is, yeah, of course it sounds great, but how do you create that trust? Uh, so one thing that we did during the spring is that we implemented one-on-ones with the team uh, every week, because if you get the chats every now and then, you get the, the relationship, you get the tighter feedback loops instead of the, the big things. And with the trust, you will also enable uh, that transparency, uh, which will then be like a snowball effect, uh, generating good culture, culture long term.
0: I think uh, one-on-ones done correctly can be great. In fact, that's what my podcast is about: is really one-on-ones mm. uh, and 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 learning in those one-on-ones. And I think the best way. My child, is... my son, just ran into my room. Yeah, no worries. So sometimes <laughs> kids okay, will come on. That's yeah. great, honey. <laughs> Sometimes kids will come on on sales calls, and I, I think I win every call that my son comes on. Yeah, it's a good
1: uh, icebreaker, though.
0: It's a great icebreaker. Yeah, yeah. Here's the other one. So uh, <laughs> yeah, full <cool> Fiesta. <laughs> That's right, sweetheart. I was on a podcast. So, uh, so um, one-on-one's done correctly in the form of of having an agenda, of actually taking time beforehand, where where both the uh, you know the the individual contributor and the manager have a you know have you know the individual contributor knows what they need help with Mm. and the manager knows what they need to help the individual contributor with and they 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 understand beforehand some of the feedback that they need to give in order for that individual contributor whether you know it's a customer success manager it's an account executive to really uh you know to, to to get closer to the outcome that that's expected of them um and organize one-on-one like that, I think it'd be very, very productive. Um, and even with my own outsourced, you know, my SDR team, I will listen to calls beforehand and I will actually give feedback on those calls in the middle. And we'll actually take a few minutes Damn. and we'll do some coaching on those calls. And I know exactly what we need to do. If you come into it with that structure in mind, they can be highly productive and they build a lot of trust really quickly. And it's also... How, do you, how are you outside of work, right? It's also like, how do you feel? Like, how's your energy? How, how are your, you know, how do you feel you're managing? Can I help? Like, what's ha- happening outside, right? Um, and I think that's very important to have in that as well, and it builds a lot of trust that way too.
1: Yeah. Well, one, one question that I always got uh, in my early days uh, on one-on-ones is, do you think what you're doing is fun? Uh, which is also something that, like, pulse on yeah sometimes you have a bad day of course but like do you still think this is fun because if you're not thinking that it's fun then you're at the wrong place right uh, and i think that's just a good reminder that you should always try to have fun and like what you're doing otherwise let's find a different solution basically
0: yeah i love that question very different than what we would ask here but uh <laughs> I, li- I like that i like that question a lot
1: yeah um uh... Last uh, topic I want to pick you on is uh, you talked a bit about being a tight uh, team and, and like collaborating and, uh, collaborating a lot. It's a team effort. Uh, you said that you're 15 people?
0: That's right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, how do you do uh, like knowledge sharing or maybe product news sharing or town hall? Like, How do you keep that together in the team? Uh, how often length and uh, how do you work with that?
0: You know... Because we are such a small team, it's very simple. Uh, Once a week, we have a 45-minute all-hand session where uh, we've got the R&D team, we've got the leadership team, we've got the business side all coming together, and everybody will share updates. Anybody who has something to share will, or anybody who has a concern will share that, and that happens once a week for 45 minutes, and it's essentially a town hall meeting where everybody can come together together. I don't see that happening on a larger scale than say that, yeah. um, but in, for right now, for small, let's say under fifty people, I think it's very, very nice to have sessions like that uh, every now and again. Certainly, once we get bigger, you know, the business side, you know, the, the revenue-facing team will have that meetings, and we would have, you know, in my opinion, we would have like a, you know what what doctors do is is they have grand rounds where a doctor from another specialty will come in and every week or so they'll have a training with other doctors on that specialty. Mm. And I think we would do something similar where R&D, you know, our, our head of AI would come in and give a training for that 45 minutes once a week on something that's extremely relevant to what's going on right now in the AI world. And I think we would continue having sessions like that yeah. uh, where it wouldn't be all hands-on, but we would take a, round, we would take a grand round approach.
1: Makes uh, makes a lot of sense, and as you said, it's of course going to be difficult scaling up, but you still want to keep the transparency and and have a tight feedback loop, uh, regardless of, of growth.
0: That's right. Hmm. I think that's uh, incredibly important.
1: Uh, one question that I forgot that I have to ask now with your kid running in, how do you manage uh, work life balance? Do you have any advice, <laughs> uh, tips, or tricks? <laughs>
0: You know, I have no idea, honestly. <laughs> I uh, sit here and, and uh, make BS up all day about work-life balance, but I haven't figured it out. Yeah. I'm not sure. I, I really hope I do one day. But, you know, it is it is challenging to be a working parent, you know, especially, uh, you know, I work across a number of different time zones. So, I'm, yeah. you know, I might wake up in the morning and I'm dealing with Australia. I might go to bed at night dealing with San Francisco. Yeah. And, and that's the whole world. Uh, not to mention our Indian friends who are, you know, a half an hour, like two and a half hours off from us yeah. trying to figure out that two and a half hour time difference. So, uh, you know, I carve out a few hours in the day where I'm with my children and there is no interruption. Um, and uh, as a as a religious Jewish person um, from Friday night uh, from sundown until Saturday night after the stars come out, uh, I turn off all my electronics. There is. Mm. No one can reach me via phone. Nobody can text me. Uh, not responding to any Slack messages. Uh, if I'm at a conference, I don't go to the conference. I, uh, you know, uh, that's it. I'm with yeah. you where I, I am. Where I am. I'm with who I'm with, and that uh, 24 25 hours is simply to connect back into myself and, and connect with the people that I'm around. Mm. Uh, and I recommend that everybody have a 24-hour period, whether you're Jewish or not Jewish, uh, a 24-hour period where they just disconnect and are with their, the people that they're around and, 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 and come back to that true connected period.
1: That's uh, good advice. And I think, uh, as you say, to have that switch where it's literally nothing, uh, that's important.
0: Yeah, I think it's, uh, it saves me.
1: Yeah. Uh, Okay. Now, last question. Promise. Uh, If you were to give me some advice on people to bring onto the podcast, uh, do you have some uh, names of uh, people?
0: So, uh, there are some of the same people that that I'm bringing on mine. (laughs) So, yeah, I just had, uh, you know, I just had. just had Zach from uh, Insight Revenue on. He's great. We're just dropping an episode with him. Uh, Colin Coyle just had on my podcast. Uh, he's, a, he's a great guy to have. He's a senior vice president at a telecommunication company. Uh, Keenan from Gap Selling. Great, great guy. I had a great time with him at Saster. Uh, I could go on and on and on. Lauren Cernum, who is uh, one of the best recruiters. Shout out to Lauren. One of the greatest, uh, good friend of mine. She's uh, great to have. Mm-hmm. Um, a, lot of, a lot of great people to have. I'll uh, send you a list.
1: Awesome. Yeah. I appreciate that. Nice. Uh, Thanks so much for for joining me. Uh, I'm just going to wrap up with a quick summary. uh, Three of my key takeaways at least. Um, uh, One thing that I'm going to bring with me is that don't overthink the dialogue. Be an active listener. Don't think about what you're going to say, but actually listen and try to to, uh, ask follow-up questions. Uh, Monologue, not more than 90 seconds and the uh, pipeline cures all i think that's a good advice for for junior sales reps starting out as well uh to to I build uh, build quantity
0: <laughs> i love that amazing that's uh wow that's, that those would also be my takeaways yeah <laughs>
1: that's good <laughs> thanks a lot for for joining me uh, it's an it's been a pleasure and uh, i wish uh, you and uh, obviously all the best
0: Thank you, Max. Good luck with this podcast. I love your energy and uh, uh, good luck with uh, all of this. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Talk to you soon. Take care.
0: Bye. Bye. There
1: we go. Alright, shifting the focus to you that's been listening. Just want to remind you that this is an interactive podcast. So hit the link in the episode description. There you can join the discussion with other listeners and comment on episodes. You can also submit ideas for upcoming guests, topics, or simply upload. other people have already suggested also if you enjoyed this podcast please share it to someone that might be curious friends coworker, or that random person in your linkedin feed last but not least leave a rating if you enjoyed it while we're at it add me on linkedin to see short video clips from the podcast and enjoy the rest of
0: your day last quarter i smashed my quota short memory i forgot what i soldier sales pro wisdom like yoda i want to witch my prospects as she phone up now you got me hitting the phones i'm in sales i love it in the phone. one call closer while sitting at home i'm in sales i love hitting in the phone. gotta hit the phone. last quarter i smashed my quota short memory i forgot what i soldier sales pro wisdom like yoda i want to witch my prospects as she phone up now you got me hitting the phones i'm in sales i love it in the phone. one call closer while sitting at home i'm in sales i love hitting the phones Gotta hit the phone.